0: Every time you eat a new food, it extends your life by 45 days. I don't know if this is a real proverb or anything. And I don't like to check too hard because, you know, you discover... that When you check too hard, you discover that Coca-Cola does not own the world's second largest submarine fleet and things like this.
1: (laughs) Uh, Who wants to live in a world where Coca-Cola is not a meaningful naval power?
0: (laughs) They're not a meaningful naval power because none of the submarines they own work, I'm told. (laughs) Ha
1: ha! That's not the reason I thought that's not the reason I thought they wouldn't be, so that does make me happy in its own way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sixteenth episode of Octothorpe, a science fiction and science fiction fandom podcast. This is the episode for the fifteenth of October, and those eagerly waiting our emergency episode dealing with Trump and the coronavirus will be disappointed because it has been delayed. But we promise it's coming soon. I'm John Coxon. I'm Alison Scott, and I'm Liz Batty. We have had two letters of comments. We have a letter of comment from Karen Shaver who says that with another episode of Octothorpe comes another puzzle, which is also wooden and also has hidden figures, but this one is in Russian. Um, We will uh, attempt to put uh, pictures or a link in the show notes. Um, Karen has a neighbour who puts the edge pieces in a separate bag, and, and then when he passes it on to someone else, he passes it on with the edge pieces already in the separate bag, which seems... Like removing a part of the puzzle making process to Karen and to me. What's your opinions on this?
0: My view is that if you do that, you might as well be one of these people who puts the puzzle very carefully in, in four constructed sections back into the box, so that the new person doesn't have to do anything at all with it, apart from separate all the pieces whilst being quite annoyed. But I think it's it's probably quite thoughtful to. Put the edge pieces back in the box for so- because people do find sorting the edge pieces tedious, and if they do want to do the puzzle properly and not f- cheat, they can just kind of tip the edge pieces back into the box before they start and shuffle them around, and that would also be fine.
1: That is that is a thing that karen notes you can do, and she says that she dislikes when the previous puzzler puts the puzzle back in in big chunks, which I I would assume is a fate punishable by or sorry a, an act punishable by death. But uh I'm not in the puzzle fandom.
2: You just get the box and shake up up and down quite a lot. Or maybe not if you've got a nice fancy wooden
0: puzzle, that wouldn't work. Life hack. Yeah, and also it's fairly expensive puzzle. Yeah, I think the advantage of having the puzzle provided in section is that it demonstrates that the puzzle is complete, which as acquiring puzzles secondhand is a kind of magic pastime roulette. I mean, I suppose roulette is a pastime <laughs> roulette, but a kind of <laughs> Russian pastime roulette. Well you never know until you finish the puzzle whether it was complete or not.
1: I I mean my mother and father do an awful lot of jigsaw puzzles and Hispania is a, a a fan of them as well.
0: In our how to stay sane in the apocalypse um thing, one of the things I've been doing, after Caroline Mullen said she was doing jigsaw puzzles online and I said, Oh that that really is a waste of your time, dear, you know. That that's a really <laughs> A really bad way to spend time. I um, A, I should not really rag on other, what other people are doing to stay sane in the po- apocalypse, but also I started doing them because Colin Hins has been posting lots of puzzles on a website called Jigsaw Pla- Planet. And it turns out that I quite like doing puzzles that my friends have made. I find it quite fun and sort of connective. And so if you're on Jigsaw Puzzle Jigsaw Planet, then i'm bohemian coast look me up we'll put a link in the show notes um yeah and we have a little community of science fiction fans doing each other's puzzles that are not particularly science fictional there they're our photographs so so i, I huh. became equally sad to caroline and this is a chance to say that i have found websites that allow you to do large jigsaw puzzles collaboratively online and punctuation Ooh. will probably have a jigsaw puzzle that you can do um with other people oh, nice. Because that's one of the things we like to. One of the things I've been, one of the things I did on Facebook was that I asked people what sort of things they like to do and how they were doing them online, and I got about three hundred replies. Many of which were things, activities I had not thought of. And my next task is to go through that list, collating them and thinking about how we might do them at punctuation.
1: Oh yes, that's a good idea. No, I I have thought for some time that the fan funds need to do um, custom jigsaws of fanish bookshelves
2: Ooh.
1: because Catherine, katherine and colin have a great bookshelf and obviously clara mark have several great bookshelves but i just suspect that you could have a a good line in different fans bookshelves and that and that could be something you could sell for money at fan fund auctions but i've never got around to seeing if it's easy to get custom puzzles made
2: uh neil and Nick also have extremely nice bookshelves. If you want extra bookshelf diversity,
1: yes, I want as many as we can get.
2: Um, many, many of them.
1: Yeah, we would need. The problem is that if you go on Zazzle and look at how much it costs to get a thousand piece jigsaw made, it costs sixty quid. So I think, I think you do. You need to go to a company, you don't want to do it print-on-demand. You need to go to a jigsaw company and like actually do it properly. And I have no idea what the minimum like numbers are required to make it work.
0: Yeah, a thousand, John. Come on now.
1: It's not going to work. <laughs> oh, but you know what would work? If you got like... Neil Gaiman and George RR R. R. Martin to give you photos and then did them as one-off jigsaw puzzles. Like, you can have this one-of-a-kind jigsaw oh. puzzle off Neil Gaiman's bookshelf, and you did that at a fan fund auction at a Worldcon. That would go for more than 60 quid, 100%. Especially if they signed it. If they did the puzzle, signed it, broke it up, and then you got to complete it.
0: Have you just asked Neil Gaiman to, like, do a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle?
1: I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we would have to find an author who liked jigsaw puzzles
0: what you would have to do is get the jigsaw puzzle do the jigsaw puzzle put it very carefully back in the box without breaking it so that it was in four sections
1: ship it to deal gaiman
0: <laughs> ship it to gaiman have him sign it send it back that would work <laughs> no, no 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 we only you only have to do like the the one
2: corner of the jigsaw ship it to him get him to sign it
1: oh yeah that's true
2: have you ever done jigsaws, you two?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, I think it's pretty easy just to do a specific corner, Alison. I don't see...
2: <laughs> no, it's not. No, 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 no. You, you do the whole jigsaw, but you'd only have to shit like a tiny corner.
0: Better.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying, though, I, the more I think about that idea, the more I think that could work in a financially lucrative direction. Ha- How long did it take us to get irretrievably off topic? I mean, and the great thing is that there's literally no way. I guess I could put this in the podcast just to see if we get any locks. Because if people say that's a great idea and I'd spend 300 quid for it, we know it's a a goer. Write in. If if you would um, spend more than £60 on a jigsaw puzzle of a famous author's bookshelf, um, write in and let us know because that is useful information. Um. Anyway, we now move on from this emergency fan fund planning meeting to Liz's hand up.
2: My, I'm still commenting on Karen's uh,
0: letter of comment.
1: Oh yeah, we're still on Karen's log. Like it's all nested.
0: Okay, that's fine. Octothorpe, a podcast of jigsaws and fandom. <laughs>
2: It's because she said, you know, a puzzle may take up more room while in progress than a painting, but has the advantage that it goes back in the box afterwards. And I cannot deny this is the advantage, but what's actually going to happen to my paint by numbers is I will finish my paint by numbers, I will look at it and go, yeah, that was fun, and then I will probably throw it away so it won't take up much space at all.
1: Oh, poor paint by numbers. It makes sense though.
0: It's a journey, not a destination. Exactly. I mean, speaking as somebody who's got a build-it-yourself hurdy-gurdy in the study that I can't quite bring myself to sling, <laughs> but has actual no merit. It has no hurdy-gurdy-related merit because it, it sounds like a cat
1: being strangled. Karen wrote to us about puzzles and it was very good. Thank you, Karen. Claire writes to us to say that Mark has... Claire Brierly of Croydon writes to us and tells us that Mark has also been on holiday this week and they have not been away And she notes that Walthamstow, hearing that Walthamstow is great for holidays is really nice because it means that she might try it one day. But she then asks whether she should believe everything she hears on podcasts. And then she she tells us off for not letting her join punctuation. Sorry, Claire, we have now rectified that.
0: I think on the basis of the last week, I cannot really claim that Walthamstow is great for holidays. Um, Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was fine. Hey ho. <laughs> ah,
1: and on that, very enthusiastic bombshell. So last weekend was Futuricon, which was the virtual Eurocon. Membership was ten euros. Um Alison threw a party and gave a talk, which I missed because I was playing Arkham Horror the card game with Liz. Oops.
0: Okay, I'm I'm not feeling even a little bit hurt.
1: <laughs> I wasn't a member of Futuricon, so I'm not sure I would have been allowed to come to your talk.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very much hoping that I'm going to... I thought I was recording it, but apparently I wasn't recording it. But they were recording oh. it, and they're basically like, we will put the recordings up, and I'm like, yes, but... I want the recording because, A, I'm hoping that somebody... In fact, somebody is offered... Bridget Bradshaw is offered to transcribe it um, so that it gives me some text towards the virtual Guff Trip report. But also, I wanted to just, like, shove it on the Guff Trip's Facebook page and um, it will be a bit past its prime by the time they actually get round to sending me the recording. So I know they've got it, but they haven't sent it to me or put it anywhere that I can grab it. Um, I used... I use software called hmm, which we can put a link to in the show notes, which is in beta mm-hmm. and for Mac only, but was very, very nifty. Um, and it's just basically software that allows you to, to manage your slide deck whilst having you as a little disembodied head in front of it. And it worked really quite well after I rigged up the green screen in the study. Um, so I, I gave a talk. It went down, I think, quite well but it was very talking into the void because I couldn't see any of the audience. I did have some people on chat, but I didn't have anybody with their faces and I am not used to that. And I had a party because apparently that's what I do. Futuriticon pre-recorded a lot of its content, um, which made it easier for them to... um, And then they streamed it. They used Jitsi as the back end and then they streamed it through... Obs, I think, so that as a member you just kind of clicked on a a stream, and that sort of worked quite well. But they had it set up in a way that they for they made it very easy for participants by giving them a one click link. But their one click link for me didn't. It only. It only put my camera onto their Jitsi. It didn't allow me to choose different cameras. And of course, I wanted the combined feed from the software I was using. Um, This is probably a bit more technical detail than we need for this. But I think there is a big takeaway for other online conventions here, which is that saying to your... program participants we will send you a link you can click 10 minutes before your item is going to drop certain sorts of people anyone who is kind of nervous about how their tech might work into a flat spin and I'm here to say I am not very nervous about how my tech would work and I was absolutely bricking it before that presentation because (laughs) I'd had I, I was like i kind of contacted them a couple of days in advance and said can i have a tech run through for just five or ten minutes to make sure the tech i'm using all works with your system and they were like no we will send you the link 10 minutes in advance and it will work and i mean it did (sighs) but
1: i mean it's reassuring that it did just work
0: it didn't just work it worked because i kind of shouted at them and said send me the direct link so i can launch Jitsi and feed my um mm -hmm feed through it Mm hmm, yeah yeah that is a stupid name for an app
1: it's, uh, I've put a link in the show notes, uh, so if you are wondering how the f*** do you spell mm-hmm, then, uh, look at the show notes, and it tells you.
0: It's spelt exactly as it sounds! It's spells an mm!
1: Well, yeah, but then the question is, like, how long is the mm, and how long is the hm? Mm? and that is the sort of question that we really dive into here on the Alt Thought podcast.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: Okay, but you also threw a party. How did the party go? I went to the party, because the party did not require that I be a member of Futuricon, it required that I ask Alison for a Zoom link.
0: Yeah, that, that technique did actually work for a couple of people at the, um, the Octocon parties, but it was, I had explicitly told people I wouldn't do it for Octocon, but for, for Futuricon, I just ran a party. It wasn't an official convention item. The convention yeah. didn't have any parties and its only social space was Discord. And I find um, somebody who shall be nameless, but who is Lillian Edwards, said, <laughs> Discord is just clunky IRC, isn't it? And she's kind of got a point. So, so text chat is all very well, but it is only text chat. And I find it is not an adequate, for me, it is not an adequate substitute for actually getting together and hanging out with people in a way that Zoom is also not an adequate substitute for getting together and hanging out with people. But it's a much, for me, Zoom is a much better substitute for that than any amount of text chat. I'm not convinced Discord has any functionality that's not possible in IRC. GIFs,
1: Alison. GIFs.
0: Oh, no. okay. You know, IRC is kind of... I mean, you could do a lot with IRC. So, I mean, Discord... IRC is extremely flexible. The problem is that IRC's got a kind of roll-your-own vibe to it that Discord doesn't. um, Though... I I I will say the thing that I most hate about Discord, which is that it is incredibly difficult to export text from Discord, and I I really this this actually gives me the heebie-jeebies. I do not like working in platforms that don't want you to export the things you write in them. I don't. I, I, I mean like, that,
1: that that is a valid Chris. You know, and
0: that and that um, and, and not, it, I think it's a deliberate design decision, and I. I hate it with a, a fiery passion I am all about the capturing the things I write for posterity
1: um I think um so but I think I think there's two things where well, I think I think saying Discord is clunky IRC like I think is the other way around I think IRC is clunky Discord I know I know that Discord came after IRC but and in Discord terms of like Discord is a
0: proprietary um, software where somebody is making a profit though they probably aren't actually and IRC is a big old open source thing that nobody owns and is out there for the whole world to use as they as they need.
1: Which is why it is hella clunky.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Discord came about to replace a piece of software called Mumble. And I say replace and like people who know more about this are yelling at their podcast playing device at the moment. But effectively like Mumble and TeamSpeak are both things where you could host a server for Mumble or TeamSpeak and you could invite your friends to your server and they could voice chat on that server with you while you're playing games. And they were very good. And um the Mac app for Mumble um is very 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 bad and i dislike it intensely um and Teamspeak is uh quite expensive because hosting a Teamspeak server is not cheap and they're both very good and discord basically came along and said we're going to do this thing where we will offer you voice chat in an application that is nice instead of massively clunky and it will be free and in exchange we will sell you discord nitro and access to more emoji and try and make money in this way and in some ways, that's a very compelling value proposition. And I do, and then as time's gone on, Discord has started to compete more and more with Slack. So I think Slack is the original um, IRC replacement um, proprietary platform. Um, and then Discord had text channels alongside the voice channels, but it was more of an afterthought at the beginning. And it has become, Discord has become more and more used for text chat, primarily driven by Reddit. But it's a really interesting landscape and a landscape that I've seen develop from both ends because I use Slack professionally and Discord for leisure. And um, yes,
0: as so does everybody else. So one of the things about Zoom that we see, one of the reasons I run all the Zoom parties is that I don't use Zoom at all professionally. I mean, I do very occasionally, but basically I do not have to do video meetings with my colleagues regularly. So you see quite a lot of people who don't like Zoom parties because they associate Zoom with things that they don't like, like interminable meetings with their colleagues. And you see and the, the different, although the Slack and Discord are in many ways identical, they, they aren't in many ways identical, but they have an awful lot of overlap. And you see a lot of people who are like, well, I don't really want to be doing things socially in Slack because I have Slack. The entire service in my work part of my brain is where I am on Slack. When I'm on Slack, I'm working when I'm although obviously there's a there's a queue in the name. People, lots of people slack is quite a good place for not working with the people that you work with um and then discord is is an entirely social space uh, it's primarily social though of course some people are using it for work and um and we're seeing so we see some of that with zoom as well
1: and I think this is actually a huge um, misstep on Slack's part because I think Slack, if Slack had had a more coherent mechanism for monetization at the low end, Slack would have much of this market and Discord wouldn't really have had a look in. But because Slack has this model where if you want to upgrade to the first paid tier, you have to pay £10 per month per user, it's basically the gulf between free and the lowest paid tier is so gigantic if you're not in enterprise that there's just no way you can possibly do it.
2: It's quite possible that Slack do just just do not care about trying to monetize low-end users. They're quite happy where they are, which is providing paid services to businesses because they're more of a Microsoft Teams competitor than they are a Discord
0: competitor. Liz's point leads on to something I do want to talk about, and indeed put in the show notes, which is that next week, Zoom is... Um holding its annual conference, which it does every year, called Zoomtopia. But this year it is free and online. And I am going to take two days out of my life and go to it. And as Liz says, these companies are not really aiming at the social market. But Zoom has a big social market. And I want to go and be extremely difficult to them and talk to them a lot about what they should be doing um, to nurture all the people who are having fun on Zoom. I feel that their conference thing doesn't really include enough about fun. And I feel that it's actually would have merits for their corporate business as well, because the big thing that businesses are losing as they go online, as people work from home much more, is that that sense of collegiate fellowship is being lost in many workplaces. And actually you did need that it, you do better job, work if you like and get on and have fun with the people that you work with who knew um so anyway i'm going to go talk to them a lot about that and i will come back and report but that's all happening before this episode goes out so by the time you hear this i will have already done it um and i want to mention their dress code because it said what is the dress code for online zoomtopia and they said business on the top casual on the bottom
1: well okay <laughs> that works
0: which I thought was quite funny. And and I think Zoomtopia, although there's nothing on the website about it having social space, um, the email gives me some hope. It's kind of saying, oh, it's got lots of um, different spaces that you'll be able to go and explore and get virtual virtual tokens. And if you get enough of these virtual tokens, you can cash them in for prizes such as virtual ribbons or merch or even a conversation with the a half-hour Zoom with the CEO of Zoom, and I'm like, oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> that would be funny.
1: Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine Alison getting to talk to the CEO of Zoom? Record it for the podcast, Alison. Do it as an interview.
0: I mean, obviously, if I talk to the CEO of Zoom, I will be recording the meeting if I am allowed to do so, and if I'm not re- allowed to do so, I'll just be recording the meeting but not in
1: Zoom. Um... <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Don't don't put that. We can't put that in the podcast. I'm going to bleep it. So going back to Futuracon, how did you... So the reason I did not join was because I did not see a coherent um, social... I think, for me, like, I think the way conventions are using Discord at the moment to kind of be the backbone of the convention and offer kind of a place to talk in between program items is, like, a good one. And I think running the convention through the Discord, i.e. having links to the parties and the panels on your, Discord's, on your Discord server is a good way to kind of unify everything and and have people have a kind of central place to get information which is I think cool but I will say that like I didn't join Futuricon because it didn't seem to have a story for like social zooms or anything like that so what do you think about what do you think about that? Because, like, for me, the big appeal of like, oh, there's a convention this weekend is oh, I get to like, you know, be on Zoom in the evening and talk to interesting people. And Futuricon, other than the party you ran us, didn't seem to do that very much. Uh,
0: it, it didn't do it at all, and it was really strange because they started by having a very sad little video of kind of what what Futuricon was like last year when it wasn't the Eurocon, and I'm sure it had lots of panels and events and things, but nearly all of this the of the video shots from this convention of of people hanging out in a space and having fun together and I felt that they didn't really do anything like enough of that and the reliance on pre-recorded content meant that quite a lot of their programming was less interactive than you would want it to be as well so although there was chat going on and they, they basically had a chat in the live stream on the internet which i think is not a terribly good idea and they also had a chat in the discord which i think probably worked quite a bit better i think twitch might give us the best of both of these worlds because twitch tra- chat would work perfectly well and in fact has worked perfectly well for OctoCon. um it does mean that people need to join another service but you know twitch is another good service that you should probably be a member of already um Twitch I don't think Twitch has quite realized yet that they're um they're going to be as people suddenly realize they can be used for everything they will be used for everything and not merely for streaming games.
1: I'm the fucking internet historian today. I do apologize, but Twitch was originally a service called Justin.tv which is a bloke called Justin who just li- quite like streaming random things. And then Twitch came about because everyone latched on to Justin TV for game streaming and he launched Twitch as a um companion to justin tv that was specifically for games and then eventually justin tv died because everyone just went to twitch and i think i think it's interesting to see that kind of coming the other way but i don't know whether twitch i don't know whether twitch needs to i don't know the extent to which twitch needs to take action is not clear to me because it might just be that they can carry on in the way they are and still kind of attract multiple groups i don't know
0: and of course twitch is amazon speaking of evil evil corporate overlords so OctoCon avoided the fact that zoom webinars are expensive by just streaming out to twitch and then encouraging people to chat in twitch which i think is it's
1: a good way of doing it
0: perfectly sensible i mean i have a vision of what twitch chat is like which is very different from my vision of what the chat stream at science fiction conventions is like so i don't know whether they've ended up somewhere in the middle but i normally think of twitch chat as being like a continuous stream of of unreadable copy pastor and memes.
1: Well, I mean, is that meaningfully different to an EasterCon bar? Mahingi! Liz, how did you find Futuricon programming?
2: I did not go to Futuricon.
1: I thought you'd been to, like, a panel that was at the right time. Mm, no. Oh, okay.
2: No, I didn't, because it wasn't free. It was, like... Some small amount of cash, but it didn't really seem worth it for the one to two panels I would be able to make. And while I do believe you partied hard, you did not party hard enough to still be partying in my time zone.
1: We have been failing to do that.
2: Did not attend any of it. Well, it does require you to party essentially until probably at least one or two a.m.
0: We partied till one o'clock last night. Yeah. But but we were very, we were very tired at one. Exactly.
1: Well, it's because we'd also partied till one the night before, and I had gotten drunk at noon yesterday. So realistically, I just made a series of bad bad life choices. Uh, but I actually have... Uh, Liz, I don't know if you'll be able to see this. I actually have a widget on my phone that tells me the time in Bangkok that I can look at when I'm partying to see the likelihood that Liz will be there.
0: Oh, that's sweet. That's so thoughtful.
2: Oh, that's very nice. But you don't... It's very thoughtful, although... When do you think I get up in the morning, John?
1: Ah, I um, I think you get up at 9.30. That
2: is, on a weekend, not far off. Well done, John. Nice. But it's fine because, the, I mean, the reason to have that widget also is because the, the time difference is not fixed. Mm, yeah. Because of daylight savings time. By, by the time of punctuation, it will be seven hours, which means I will be more likely to wake up in the morning when you're partying. But actually, I'll probably stay awake far too late anyway.
1: Yay! Liz, 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 Liz. Um, so yes, so fair enough. Um, and I, I meant to go to Octagon programming and then completely failed to do so because I was busy doing social things, which pleasingly replicates the experience of real convention. So that's good. I was interested in the um, fourth wave feminism panel and I'm hoping that it might be recorded, although I suspect I will be hoping uh, in vain because I don't know if they're recording anything. It's on Twitch, in it? Oh, maybe. Maybe I could go on Twitch. Yeah, because that sounded really interesting. And Ali Baker's great, so...
0: Yeah, I kind of think if if these things are on Twitch, then then you just get recording free, and it keeps it for 30 days or something, which feels ideal for me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking stuff will be...
1: And you can export them out. You can export them out to YouTube as well from Twitch. Um, no, Twitch does... it. it, it Twitch increases the um, technology load... Um, and it increases it, like, I think appreciably, but it does seem like quite a good way of doing some of these things. And I'm basically, I'm very jealous of OctaCon because they're doing all the things I thought would be neat to do at punctuation, but they're doing them five weeks earlier.
0: Yeah, so so OctoCon, had I known OctoCon was existing and was doing a lot of the stuff I thought the convention should be doing, um, I, I mean, I think that we will have more of it and more of the social stuff and that will all be fine. Um, but I think... Um, I think they are doing, They are coming a lot closer to my platonic ideal of what online conventions should be like than any previous convention that I've been to. They have a thing which I've not been to any of yet, which are called fan chats, which are essentially Zoom get-togethers on a theme, which is obviously like the kind of workshops we're planning to have. Um, mm. and, and they have quite a lot of space that's thematic in the... Um, in the Discord's got quite a lot of kind of themed, channels and things so you can hang out and talk about the sorts of things you like to talk about like pets or crafting. Yes. Whatever else that fans talk about, book recommendations and things like that. These seem like the right sorts of things to be doing and I am having quite a good time Um, but I I did run both the parties which was kind of accidental because... Because Glasgow said, can you run a party for us? And I was like, well, of course, Glasgow, that's what I do. Um, that is that is my... The thing that I'm giving to the Glasgow in 2024 World Cup bid is that I sit in Zoom. And then we thought it would be fun to have a punctuation party on the Friday night. So so we ended up having two parties with me doing both of them. And um, they have... I believe they're having a dead dog tonight. The John did help with the punctuation party. And there are plenty of Glasgow people who would have helped with the Glasgow party, but...
1: So James Shields at the punctuation party was excellent because he brought some punctuation to the party and he was awarded one point. And for those who don't know what points do, firstly, respect Bruce Forsyth, come on. But secondly, uh, we'll find out when you come to punctuation. I think it's
0: highly likely that points don't mean prizes unless you mean by prizes some kind of virtual badge or ribbon or some kind.
1: I'm not saying it's a good prize. Yeah. Yeah, full disclaimer: we make no guarantees of quality of prizes on this podcast or our convention.
0: I always take Novacon as a guide because um, whenever I hear the Police Dog Hogan song Shitty "White Wine," it makes me think of Novacon and the prizes for events.
1: Oh, I have no comment. Um, Liz, what did you think of Octacon programming?
2: Uh, I haven't been to any Octacon programming. No, I tell a lie. I went to one piece of Octagon programming, which is they popped in the Discord saying that they were randomly going to stream the chair of the convention playing Untitled Goose Game between panels. And so I watched someone uh, run around trying to play Goose Game uh, on Twitch for 10 minutes while people in the chat tried to give helpful suggestions about, you know, maybe carry some carrots or something. And it was great. Um, And then I meant to go to some panels, but uh, I was watching the cycle racing.
1: Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: So, yeah, that is your other problem. It's clashing with the attempts to put entire sports seasons into a two-month window. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, half the programming is too late for me. So I didn't go to any of that. And I failed to party as well. It's very sad. But I'm quite enjoying the Discord. And I think what I have seen of it is well set up. And I do like their Twitch streaming. Yes. Uh,
1: I hadn't realised they were doing Untitled Goose Game in between, but that is most excellent.
2: That was spontaneous. I think they spontaneously just decided, hey, we've got some time, let's have some Goose Game, which is the kind of programming that...
0: One day I will be able to play Untitled Goose Game. You can play it now. You've got a Switch. You've got a Switch? Yeah, on my iPad. <laughs> just get it on your Switch, Alison, it's like £13. Okay, I don't... I should say I don't actually own a Switch.
1: Oh, your son owns a Switch.
0: My son owns a Switch, so I mean, I can do it. And, and in fact, he, obviously, Jonathan doesn't play Switch all the time.
1: That's not. I don't believe you. That's not. That doesn't tally with any of the things you've ever said about Jonathan or his Switch.
0: Um, he is quite often playing on his laptop
1: ah, or his okay. iPad. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, Uh-ha. there are a lot of hours in the day, and Switch gaming does not fill all of them.
1: Oh, it does if you try hard enough. That's what I'm saying.
0: Not if you have an Oculus Quest.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, is there? So, what are we? What are we going to steal from Octaton for punctuation?
0: Everything I've sorted out with Catherine that we'll have a debrief middle of next Ooh. week. And, <laughs> and can we'll I come? Nick stuff. I haven't actually sorted out a time for it, but that's kind of that sort of time.
1: Oh, cool. Okay. No, because I do think, and I do wonder whether this indicates that there are people because i mean obviously so <clears throat> not to disrespect the um the fine and distinguished nuances between irish and british fandom but i think in many ways irish british fandom share uh, quite a lot of dna in terms of like our general approach to programmer social spaces at conventions perhaps and um i do wonder the extent to which like OctoCon is a sign that this end of the world are thinking about virtual conventions and beginning to come to the realization that perhaps they do need to be a bit more you know octoconny or eastconny or overconny and um and, and yeah i i've been thoroughly enjoying octcon in a way that um previous conventions have not quite been doing it in the same way for me so um hats off to the octocon crew i think they've been doing a fantastic job
0: no, it's been very good, and of course, OctoCon is free, which is making five pounds look terribly expensive. But it doesn't look as expensive as some conventions I could mention. Is that a segue, Alison?
1: What, what are these other conventions to which you refer?
0: So, in a in a move that I think will um, has pleased a lot of us. Actually, we're very pleased. Congratulations to Confusion for um, announcing that they are going to hybridise their convention that they will have physical elements if they can but they will also be planning for an online convention for easter 2021
1: it's very good stuff very very good stuff
0: i think that when we say we are hoping to have a hybrid convention it's a bit like when they say your dog has gone to live on a farm with all the other old dogs and is going to be happy and play all the time i still think there is no chance that we will have anything that is at all like a convention in at Easter, though I, I still I hold out a tiny amount of hope that we might be able to gather locally in small groups by then. And there's a thing that you could you might be able to say, actually, we're going to say we're going to tell you who else is a member of the convention is your area if you want to meet up in a pub or something, which I think would be quite a cool thing if we're allowed to do that in, at Easter, which I think is you know possible, possible, maybe not very likely.
2: Yeah, I mean if you assume by if you assume Easter will have Hopefully relatively pleasant weather, then it could be like, okay, well, you know ten of you are now allowed to go and sit in a beer garden and drink beer together
0: and we are encouraged so you could do things like say we're encouraging everyone to do that yeah, and maybe at a particular time and that would and then we could have like a photo like a photo stream of photos for all of these gatherings, and I think that sort yeah. of thing could be very agreeable and foster that sense of the of the community that the the community getting together, so I think there are some things that they could do that are short of we will actually have a thousand people in a room in, in at the NEC because I don't that that doesn't seem terribly likely. Um, and they've announced a price which is fifty pounds. And
1: yes, and that was the basis of your segue.
0: Ooh, it was. And what they said, and there is a quote which we should probably use, but I paraphrasing, they said doing this properly costs money. Um, and
1: and in that they are, they are, they are not wrong.
0: But they might not be right.
1: Whether or not it costs fifty pounds is the tricky thing, right? I, I'm, I'm curious to see. Hmm. The thing with the thing with Con Zealand was that they said doing this properly costs money, and they charged money, and then they did it the same way as all the conventions who don't charge money did it, or the conventions that charge ten quid did it.
0: Oh no, they had lots of stuff. So, so one of the things that certainly costs some money is putting a paywall on your convention.
1: Yes, no, and that is a good point. That is a that is a very good point.
0: And and you clearly do want to have some sort of paywall on the Eastercon. I think um, Octagon's not charging, but has a tip bucket. Do do throw a fiver into their tip bucket if if you're enjoying the convention. By the way, but at the moment there's no. Clear evidence to me that using the free services or the very cheap basic services and then stitching them together in kind of with fannish gaffer tape is producing a result that's any worse than what you buy if you buy an integrated event solution. And integrated events event solutions are
1: expensive. They are.
0: I, I I've kind of I'm not suggesting that that fifty pounds is not a good amount to charge. And I have had at least one conversation with John Dodd, who's working on. Um, the EasterCon about something I kind of wanted to do for punctuation. He was like, oh, yeah, that takes service and lots of money. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can see how it might. And I and so that sort of thing, they can easily do well with a budget of 50 quid ahead. You could get a lot of good stuff for that. And, and anyway, 50 quid ahead is still less than I pay for the EasterCon by a very long chalk. And I have joined and I have totally forgotten the 50 pounds by Easter. So I'm perfectly happy with that. But I would like to see their budget. I just want to know... I want to know where they think they're spending the money because I think actually starting to have that conversation about what things are really worth spending this money on and what things are are maybe not worth spending the money on is good.
1: I have joined Eastcon. I joined um, before it was online, so I don't know if I'll get my 20 quid back, but oh well, 20 quid. You'll only buy half a board game. Um, I think, and I think you're right, I think there is a... There's a compelling argument to be made that you might be able to do some of this stuff better if you do charge like serious money. And like, um, I didn't go to Con Zealand, um, and I know that they did use things that they wouldn't have be been able to do had they not charged money. So that is a good point. I think that, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm still curious about the value proposition, but I am rooting for them and I will be attending because it is my home convention. I've never missed an EasterCon. Don't plan to start now.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm definitely going to be there. I mean, I, 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 somebody, when I was
1: with bells on
0: in, in with bells on somebody in the thread that I announced this in said, and I think this is a very reasonable question. Is that per person or per household?
1: I assume per person, but it is a reasonable question.
0: And it is, of course, per person. But I think I think there's a real question for online conventions whether you should be saying we are going to charge you X amount per household and then extra people are a little bit extra, but your your basic membership gets you that one stream because you're not...
1: I think. So I think the problem...
0: I mean, it's OK if you're John and Spaniard, and you have two totally separated offices. But lots of households essentially sit on a sofa and do the Zoom together.
1: I think. I think what it needs to be is it needs to be per um, account. It's like if you are planning to be on the sofa together and just using one account, then paying once I think is fine. And I don't know. This is not the obviously. This is not the this is uh, not opinion it. of confusion. confusion the lie. twenty twenty one Eastercon because uh, I am not um, involved with that convention. Um, but like my my assumption is it's basically per account. And I think, I think that would be the sensible way to do it if you were going to... Because I think doing it per household and, like, trying to implement some sort of, like, oh, you know, if you've got multiple accounts but you're in one household, we'll give you some sort of discount. That's enormously complicated. You don't need the extra mental load. But equally, like, if, say, me and his family decide we're just going to pay once and then everything we do at the Easter call we're going to do together, I kind of don't really think that counts as ghosting. I wouldn't feel bad about doing that. So, like, that, that would be my instinctive reaction but I don't know I don't know how they'll do it
0: but by by the time somebody raised this I had already bought two memberships for myself and my husband despite the fact that you know Stephen really doesn't do this online convention stuff he just kind of hangs around in the background of parties sometimes
2: but I mean I think in that case I think you could yeah you could definitely get
0: I've got away with one membership for that but I mean I think if you do have it it never even I mean I, I did say to him do you want me to buy you a membership but I, I was kind of doing it in a kind of because of but of course you do, dear, because it's the Eastercon And we really want to express lots of enthusiastic and vigorous support for our home convention, which we which we love inordinately. So there was a bit of that.
2: But it's also, yeah, it should be one account because it, it should be one account where, you know, then you can't be watching two panels at once and you get one account for the discord. Otherwise, it seems a bit unreasonable for those people who can't split the prices.
0: Though I do feel quite strongly that with, with my m- one membership, I should be able to watch two panels at once if I want to. So, you know.
1: <laughs> well, like one on each screen.
0: Well, one on each of my several screens. I, you know, especially if they're not recording.
1: Like like that scene from Serenity, where he's just watching the whole universe's news all at once because he's so good at news. I love that movie, but there are some odd choices.
2: Yeah, my thinking is... I'm just not sure at this point it's even worth aiming for a hybrid convention because I think that'll be really difficult.
1: It is an interesting one, right? Because I think it's laudable, but if it's going to cause a lot more stress and a lot more hassle and it's going to be unlikely to come off even even if you put the work in, I do I do wonder at which point you just say, like...
0: I... I think it's still very likely that they have contractual obligations to the hotel that mean that they cannot ditch at this stage. I think you need to be very soothing and kind to conventions that are supposed to be running online. There, there. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, Liz, are you going to time shift and attend EasterCon?
2: I might. Um... I'm trying to remember when Easter is this year. Yeah, I think if I'm (sighs) going to... It was a while ago. Well, next year. It's late April, so I think we may have gone back to...
1: No, it's April of the 4th. April of the 4th. April of the 4th year of the pandemic. No, it's 4th of April is Easter Sunday.
2: Because sometimes the clocks go back in the middle and that makes it slightly more complicated for me on account of how the clocks do not change here. Um, I probably will. like If it's going to be 50 quid then like the only rational thing i think for me to do is to go okay in which case i'm going to do it i'm going to time shift for a few days like i don't think i want to pay 50 quid for a thing where i sort of drop in and out and you know get to see roughly half the convention none of the parties i think i'm going to have to fully time shift so let's yes. see i mean if it turns out that i also can't go outside then that is
0: a much more appealing prospect yeah than voluntarily staying indoors they've also not talked about day memberships but con zealand didn't have day memberships punctuation isn't having day memberships because a day membership would do
1: two pounds fifty and that's just dense no we we are having day memberships they just cost the same as the weekend and give you a free extra day <laughs> yes so
0: con zealand didn't have day memberships i think because a lot of stuff for con zealand got sped up quite fast in a world where there wasn't really time to think hard about these sorts of things but EasterCon could have day memberships and I feel like that's something they should be talking about because I think Liz may have said in chat that you wanted a two-day convention really rather than four full days of fun and frolics and I think there are quite a lot of people who might like just one or two days of an EasterCon rather than the entire four-day thing.
2: Yeah, it's more that I, I think I I mean, I mean, very much enjoy having four or five full days of frolics at EasterCons and WorldCons. But I'm not sure I actually want to have four full days of what is effectively mostly sitting with my laptop open on Discord and Zoom and maybe streaming some Twitch to the TV. If they can come up with some way that I can sort of be engaged with the convention, but also out and about a bit, which I think is one of our aims for punctuation. We're going to try and do something like that. I think that makes it more appealing. But even if there is a sort of hybrid, well, we're going to have meetups in these places with as many people as possible. Like, obviously, that's not much use to me. As possibly the only EasterCon fan. Yeah, you you and Pete's family. Yeah, it would be me me, me and Pete's family who are in fact, yeah, who are in fact two hours away. So,
1: yeah. No, so I think it's going to be interesting because obviously, like, there is a question as well as to whether or not it makes sense to offer day memberships. Because I, I assume most of their costs are going to be super, like, not it's going to be based on total people rather than like how many people you have at once. So like, I don't know to what extent they're going to be able to do that, but like, it is something they could definitely look at. And like, hopefully, hopefully they can make all that work. I mean, I am planning to go with bells on. Um, I'm very, I'm I'm, like happy that they're doing it. And and like I say, I haven't, I haven't missed an Eastcon since I started going. Um, so like, I'm not going to start now. Um, But I am hoping that it will be great. And like, I think it is important to say that although for all of the like, you know, probably not gossiping, smoffing, con running doesn't sound right because it sounds like you're actually doing it. Smoffing does sound much more like carping, 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 carping.
0: I mean, it's it's like we're a podcast about fandom. We're going to complain about the EasterCon, aren't we? That's kind of what we're here for.
1: But we are all, of course, obviously rooting for the EasterCon. We all uh, definitely want it to be great. Um, Oh,
0: yeah. Even if we can't root at the EasterCon. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's for our Australian listeners. I assume that's for our Australian listeners anyway. Are you familiar with the word rooting, Liz? No. It's Australian for f***ing.
2: Oh, okay.
1: But they still call their Wi-Fi routers, routers, and that makes me so happy.
0: Is this something you learnt on your golf trip? It's Australian slang for not practising careful social distancing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else we want to say about EasterCon?
0: I mean, as well as asking the EasterCon committee for a budget, I would also like them to be thinking hard about compelling social spaces. I'm sure they will be, anyway.
1: I think the announcement they um, released made it seem like they weren't of the opinion that This was a solved problem. Whether or not that means that they will have a compelling solution is obviously like slightly different. But like, I'm hoping the fact that they don't think it's a solved problem indicates that they are kind of thinking about how to, you know, improve um, upon the current situation. So, so I'm kind of like cautiously optimistic that that is um, a thing that's happening. Upcoming conventions so um upcoming inventions fire, fire the magazine uh that george RR martin can't pronounce. Uh, is running a convention Uh, that is next weekend and at the time of writing everything except for the friday is sold out by the time you hear this almost certainly the whole thing will be sold out but uh congratulations congratulations to them on running what looks like a great convention and hopefully it'll be brilliant for everyone who's going and um finland the orland islands are bidding for the 2025 Eurocon. Um, which is all very exciting. Um, That might be in a country that doesn't have any coronavirus in 2025. So like, that's got to be good, right? And then
2: um... I should say I went to the 2015 Archipelagon and this would be Archipelagon 2 and it was great. Although it's very easy to stay up drinking till 2am when it doesn't really get dark at night. So uh, a recommendation and a warning.
0: Whereas of course, if it does get dark at night, it's very difficult to stay up drinking till 2am. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um we also have a note in the show notes that by the time we record the eurocon in 2022 will have been decided but i can't find anything about it during my quick googles on the internet so listeners if you know where the 2022 eurocon is going to be please write us a letter of comment so we can be more informed next time
2: We maybe we should talk about punctuation. Remind people it's still we're still doing that, guys, right?
1: <laughs> um, so, John here. I'm recording a quick pickup because Liz asked whether we were going to mention punctuation, and then. Me and Alison agreed, but immediately got distracted, and then we didn't end up mentioning it in the podcast, so I'm rectifying that now. Punctuation is a convention, you can join for £5, you can join today, and it's happening the 13th to the 15th of November 2020. We would be very keen to see everyone who listens to Octothorpe come along, Um, we are super hopeful and super enthusiastic about some of the stuff we've got planned, Um, and we are... Very much looking forward to welcoming you all to our idea of an online convention. So head on over to punctuationcon.uk and join now. That was the 16th episode of the Octothorpe podcast. and And it's goodbye from me.
0: And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me
1: the theme music for this episode was fanfare for space by kevin McLeod and compotech.com used under a creative commons attribution 3.0 license anyway welcome to octothorpe the podcast about the movie serenity um yes very topical
0: i was told that you could watch serenity without having watched farfly and i believe this to be not true
1: i met someone no no no. alison alison i'm gonna blow your i'm gonna blow your mind now right i met someone at my 30th birthday party i was in the bar and um someone was like oh you're having a birthday party like you know and started a conversation back in the days when there were bars you could talk to people less than two meters apart that you didn't know and he was like, Oh, you know, like who's here? And I was like, Oh, they, you know, they're friends from university. And he went, oh, I was at the university, I was an engineer. And I was like, Brilliant. So we talked about that. And he was like, Well, who's us there? And I was like, Ah, oh, they're friends from science fiction. And he went, Ah, oh, I quite like sci fi. Uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, that movie Serenity. Have you seen that? And I was like, Yeah. And he went, Yeah, I really wish I'd have done a sequel. And, he said, and I said, Well, obviously, you've got Firefly. And he said, What's Firefly? And I said, Sir, you are about to have a very good week because <laughs> I'm going to tell you a thing that is going to make your day. And I told him that Serenity was the follow up to a show called Firefly. And he was like, and i was like i have just i have just done such a good deed definitely getting into heaven now
0: okay i i, I had not seen Firefly when i watched serenity and i thought it was incomprehensible um and not at all good so imagine
1: how excited you'd be about firefly if you'd enjoyed serenity
0: yeah i think that's the issue actually because i've it's never occurred to me to go and watch Firefly. though you know maybe one day when i get to the bottom of my television backlog queue
1: I mean, I will be honest, I went back and rewatched Firefly and there are some ways in which it has not aged well, especially the first pilot, rewatching it. It is slow and it does take a long time to induce the characters and it is a little bit It takes itself a little bit too seriously and actually and don't tell any firefly fans i said this i think fox might have been right to make him shoot a different first episode because i think the train job works better as an introduction to the characters because it does everything in subtext instead of like as explicit exposition and i think show don't tell is a is a thing that's good um but i would recommend it because it is very good well, this
2: is certainly a, a change from our usual MCU-based movie chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, now, now we're discussing movies 15 years ago, so that's good. Uh, well, this is the after show sorted.
0: We're just going backwards in time. That's because I have watched no MCU movies in the last fortnight. In a Next week, 12 Monkeys, right? <laughs> oh, yes, 12 Monkeys,
1: because it's on iPlayer.
0: Yeah, 12 Monkeys, a movie I have no particular desire to watch right now for some reason. <laughs> I do like it. I do love it.
1: Are you saying you don't want to watch depressing apocalyptic movies in which time doesn't seem to have any meaning?
0: I I love Twelve Monkeys. I I mean I quite like the the weird French short on which it's based, but I um I really like Twelve Monkeys. And I really like the fact that it's a hugely successful big budget Hollywood film with that nevertheless has quite a lot intelligent to say about its topic because you know as you know i find that big budget movies are often not that thoughtful about the subjects that they discuss
2: this podcast will end at the beep